0: This is a country where almost everybody is carrying cash. They, we all carry cash all over the place. And it is impossible to track cash.
1: From Triple E Media, I'm Ramat Mohammed, and this is The Backstory. Hey, everyone, we're working on a detailed analysis of campaign financing in Nigeria. And in the process, we interviewed Mr. Austin Agboseremi. He is the founder and executive director of Primorg, which is a nonprofit organization that advocates for good governance and development through mass media, civic education and policy advocacy. Now, in our next episode, we'll present our analysis, but in this episode, we wanted to share some of the discussion that we had with Mr. Akbo Seremi. It's no secret that Nigerian politicians spend a lot of money during elections. The limit for campaign spending for the presidential election is currently set at 5 billion naira, though we know that the two major political parties raise much more than that amount during election season. In part one of our two-part series on campaign financing, Mr. Akbosaremi gives us insight into the reality of campaign financing in Nigeria today.
0: Because if there's a rally in Benin, in, in Adamawa, Damawa, uh, Biola, in Sokoto, there's a rally that is going on, I bet you you will not know where the funds for the for the uh, rally came from. You will not know who, how the vehicle, all the vehicles that will bring the people will be paid for cash. All the vehicles that will mobilize the people from the communities they will pay cash. The the place the place hired for the event they will pay cash. If you check it, the everything the food that will be eating, processed everything, all of them is cash. How do you monitor it?
1: Now. In order to finance all of the campaign expenditure, the money has to come from somewhere. Ideally, financing should come from the political party members. And even though Nigeria's political parties have been operating well before independence in 1960, the parties are owned by a small group of elites who finance them.
0: We have had parties right from the First Republic when we had the Action Congress wrapped around the leader, we had the PRP wrapped around the leader. And when we came to the Second Republic, we had all the political parties, the UPN, the NPN, and all those uh, political parties wrapped around political leaders. So it has always been the responsibility of political leaders to mobilize funds for uh, the political parties. In
1: Nigeria, presidential, gubernatorial, and national assembly candidates must source funds for their campaigns.
0: Say I am the candidate of the party. The candidate is expected to mobilize funds, to bring in money, to run a campaign. The governors bring out money, however they bring it out. Either it is their security vote or it is through contracts that they give out to their subordinates or people who support them. They mobilize these funds to fund the, 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 the parties.
1: But the thing is, party members are not a source for campaign funds.
0: There's no... Mechanism. There's no system put in place by any of the political parties to say if you are a party member, if you are an APC member or a PDP member, you are a Labour Party member, that every month you contribute 1,000 naira for the party or every year, this is the amount set aside for you to contribute for the progress of the party. The parties would rather expect that the party, the, anybody who is a candidate who wants to be a political, uh, the party candidate of the party, should rather bring money to the villages for them to drink, for them to eat, for them to celebrate, and all those things. So the parties, party members, as it were, like we see in other parts of the world, are not responsible financially for the sustenance, for the running of the political party. They are not making any contribution. It is not a matter of whether it is significant. They are not making contributions.
1: Aside from the lack of mechanism to enable party members to contribute to campaign funds, there is the issue of willingness to contribute financially to the party.
0: I'm very, very sure. I'm not saying that I I could be right altogether, but I'm very, very sure that if you make suggestions to some party leaders in the constituencies, tell them that they will need to contribute money, they will just laugh at you. For now, they will laugh at you because they will just imagine, where is this lady coming from? (laughs) When has it ever happened? Is there a culture at all available for us to make contributions?
1: If the party members are not willing to contribute, then the candidate has to raise funds from elsewhere.
0: Once the the elected uh, candidates get into office, they take on the responsibility of beginning to use the the state funds to fund the political parties. So there's corruption in the entire process. The party funds that we are talking about come from government, from outright corruption of the system. If we stop corruption in the system and public funds cannot easily flow to the political parties, then it becomes apparent that everybody will need to raise funds. So that is when the party leaders will now begin to tell the party members, that is when they will begin to mobilize poly, poly, uh, party member uh, leadership, uh, membership. They will now begin to ask for membership, go on membership drive to because they want to raise money. Uh, for now, the parties don't need the party members. It is the party members that need the party. Uh, the okay. party, as a party, now what they need is not the party members. What they need is a candidate that can fund it.
1: So if the party doesn't actually need the party members for funding, that means the party members are powerless when it comes to party financing. So who holds the candidates accountable?
0: The limitations are are the laws, the culture, and the system that we operate. Now I'll go to finance because we are talking finance here. This is a country where almost everybody is carrying cash. They, we all carry cash all over the place, and it is impossible to track cash because if there is a rally in Benin, in in Adamawa, uh, Yola, in Sokoto, there is a rally that is going on. I bet you, you will not know where the funds for the for the uh, rally came from. You will not know who, how the vehicle all the vehicles that will bring in people they will be paid for cash. All the vehicles that will mobilize the people from the communities, they will pay cash. The, the place, the place hired for the event, they will pay cash. If you check it, the everything the food that will be eating, processed, everything, all of them is cash. How do you monitor it?
1: It's not just tracking the spending on rallies, even tracking the source of cash spent on media, like advertising and interviews, that can be a challenge
0: now, if you go to to uh, the advertorial, we are all media media pers- media persons go to the advertorials that we talk about where it was even where it's even likely that you can maybe track and say how much I was spent on advert. It's also impossible because I have known. Many others will be paid by individuals who will, who whether pay from their personal account or they will provide cash for the political parties. So you can't even track that one. That's even an easier one to have been done. I mean, it's easy to say, "Can we see your details? How did you get the fund to run these commercials?" So that we know how much PDP, APC, and the other parties will spend on commercials. At least that's a job that we could probably do if the media houses cooperate and say, please can you give us a list of the adverts you have run? I have monitored campaign adverts in the past. And it's difficult to get any any information from the media houses as to who paid and where did the money where the money came from.
1: We do have other public institutions that should be tracking where campaign funds come from and how they're spent. But those institutions like the CAC and INEC, they may be struggling to keep track.
0: But we don't have the institutions through the CAC, for instance, the Corporate Affairs Commission that will file our response to every year to say where did all this money come from. They are not strict about this kind of monitoring, so it's not possible for even adventurias to be tracked, let alone the money, the, the, let alone the, the funds spent on rallies, on billboards, boards, buying clothes, and all those things that they do.
1: Now, we do know that INEC has hired external auditors in the past to audit political party accounts. In the past, they have published the results of these audits in three national dailies, but The last audit that we could find on INEC's website was from 2016. So we're not sure how up-to-date INEC's monitoring effort has been.
0: It is getting the consciousness of the people to a point where they can say no, where they can say no, and they are also willing and ready to make contributions to the life of the political party. Now that we know there's corruption, now that we know that candidates who win elections, who win the nominations, are the ones who fund their political parties. Now we know that even the candidates who bring in money get to be candidates during the primaries. Now that we know that during the elections, they will bring money to, can we begin to look at the instrumentality of participation? Can we begin to encourage people to participate? Now, who are members of these political parties? Can we encourage you and I who understand this to join the political parties and attend their meetings and begin to ask the questions and begin to ask that we want to participate, we want to take charge, let there be uh, rules set up for people to make contribution contribution to the party. Can we raise the tempo of integrity amongst this new crop of members of the political parties who will come in to begin to ask questions from the owners of the party so that we begin to reduce the impact of of fund. Otherwise, we'll continue to make all this uh, you noise. Know, people will justify it by telling you, oh, they will, they will, they will rationalize, and tell you it's poverty, we need the money, we are hungry. I I will tell you a personal, uh, very, very personal story, briefly. I go home in Edo state and I asked my uncle, I said, who did you vote for, PDP or APC? And he said, uh, PDP brought uh, 4,000 Naira, APC brought 3,000. That was his answer to me. That was his answer to me. And this, uh, my uncle was, he said, not just a a voter, he was also a party member. And that uh, he said, the PDP brought 4,000, APC brought 3,000. And I said, I took him. I said, can we just step outside? He followed me outside. I said, you see this road that's passed the front of your house, where erosion, gullies. And they said, it. I told him, this is your 4,000 that you collected will repair this road for the next four years. You cannot make any noise because you have already collected. And he said, I, my son, if I do not collect it, they will give it to another person and he doesn't change anything. There's a reason, there's a a sense in what he's saying. There's a sense in what he's saying. But the sense is limited by the the number of people who will say no. That is why participation is important. So if he says no, the next time the other half says no, the other one says no, the the guys will know, okay, these guys are not ready, they will not vote for us. It means we have to change things. That is how we want big things to begin to change. So, participation is key in mobilizing the people to be members of the parties, get your PVC, be members of the parties, attend their meetings, even if they put it at 1 a.m., attend the meetings and join them to take decisions so that they do not take decisions on your behalf and implement it without you getting to know anything about it. Then we can begin to change the narrative about party financing. Participation and ownership, which the people show accountability. People should hold people accountable. They can only do that. They can only hold government accountable, party leaders accountable if they have a commitment of attending meetings, paying their dues, and they can come up with a voice to say, no, it is this as we want this, we want this. We want that. So apart from individual participation, we also need community participation. Let there be communities that will stand up and say, this is what we want. And if you do not give it to us, we will not do anything. Don't give us bread. Don't give us rice. We want this. That way, people will be able to stand up and take ownership of the party. As it is now, the parties are not owned by the people. Essentially, because the people are not financing it.
1: But there is an opportunity for things to start changing. Over 12 million new people have registered to vote for the 2023 elections.
0: If you check the 12 million people they just registered now, over 8 million are young people. The previous record we had, we had uh, 51% of people between the ages of 18 and 35. If you add the women to it, who are who are also caught in the trap, we probably have over 60-70% of people who can actually change things in Nigeria in addition to the youth. So if the youth want to really change things, if they are affected by what is happening, if they want a future, then they should go into these political parties and they should begin by voting, go into the political parties and take it up and make it what they want it to be. If they don't do that, all this Christ will just
1: continue. If you're one of the 12 million who has registered, please pick up your PVC sometime in October or November. Special thanks to Mr. Austin Akbosaremi of the Progressive Impact Organization for Community Development for granting us an interview. The backstory is a triple E media production. Production Copyright 2022 Triple E Media Productions. If you enjoyed this episode of The Backstory and you would like to hear more, go to our website at 234audio.com to play the sample content. Then download our app from the Google Play Store for even more episodes. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel at 234 Audio to watch the video for this episode. Make sure to click the notification bell, like, and leave a comment. Our episodes can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave a comment. This episode of The Backstory was produced by Ramat Muhammad, Miriam Muhammad, Lucky Usama, Dominic Tabakaji, and Sam Tabakaji. Executive Producer Ramat Mohamed.